Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Time fantasy. Full time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. It was Super Bowl Sunday. And I got to be honest, first half, not very interesting. Second half, very interesting. Lots of storylines, lots of uh, good play, lots of bad play. Lots of good play calling, lots of bad play calling. So we're going to break down the Super Bowl ad nauseum so we can see what really happened there. I like watching the experts talk about all this stuff, but there were just some things that they're not talking about that I thought were absolutely glaring, glaring things that could have been done. Now, I will say this. I am happy for the Chiefs. I am ecstatic for Andy Reid. He absolutely deserves to win a Super Bowl. This puts him in the conversation of the greatest coaches. He's not, but he's a great coach. Got to win a Super Bowl to be in that conversation. I am ecstatic for Patrick Mahomes, who will have, so long as he stays healthy, a career that will just be top 100 of all time. That's what we're talking about here. Could have had it, might have had a Super Bowl last year. Got one this year, can probably get one the next two years, then he's going to want a boatload of cash. So I see him definitely getting a a Super Bowl in the next two years. I do, probably next year. I am happy for the Chiefs organization. I think it's a well-run organization. I think they do things the right way. I think when that whole Kareem Hunt thing happened, you're out of here. I have respect for that. I think they try to do things on the up and up. It's a good, if I was drafted and I was with a Chief, I'd be happy. I'm happy for the fan base. I think the Chiefs fan base has deserved it. They waited a long time. Now that I've said what I'm happy about, I'm going to say the following. The 49ers lost this game. 
As much as you may think the Chiefs won it, I will argue that the 49ers lost it. You're up 20 to 10 with seven minutes to go. Win the game. I mean, come on. There are things out there that were just horrific. So let me start with the first thing, which absolutely at this point, if I'm John Lynch, I have Kyle Shanahan in my office right now. I'm staring him eyeball to eyeball, and I'm asking him this question. What the heck were you thinking at the end of the first half when there's a minute and 39 seconds to go and you don't call a timeout? Are you kidding me? I mean, any moron. Freddie Kitchens knew to do that. Seriously, think of the worst coach in your mind. Richie Kotite, Freddie Kitchens, come on, go with all the bad coaches. Even those morons know to call a timeout. You waste a, a 39 seconds off the clock, you get the ball at the minute, and then you run the football. So do you not want to score? Tell me the team that plays for a tie in the Super Bowl. I don't get it. Even John Lynch is going, timeout, timeout. I mean, seriously. You've got to play to score. Because interestingly enough, you get the ball in the first in the second half. So if it's 10-10, you score a field goal, 13-10, you score a touchdown, it's 20-10. How do you not go for it? It was awful. Seriously awful. Yeah, I mean, he was playing for a tie. That's the first thing that I can remember that it went downhill, and I was shocked. Shocked. Secondly, secondly, Jimmy Garoppolo, don't anybody tell me he had a good game. He did not have a good game. Jimmy Garoppolo cost this team a Super Bowl. Fact. Watch that game. He missed every important pass he ever threw. I mean, he was completing five-yard passes. Good for you. Congratulations. I can do that too. I got a rag arm. I could throw about 10 yards. There you go. Me and Jimmy Garoppolo are the same. George Kittle is your best player. How do you not look for him on every pass play? Kittle was so underutilized and, more importantly, open. George Kittle was open. How do you not give him the ball? How do you not find him the ball? Patrick Mahomes finds his playmakers the ball. Better believe Travis Kelsey gets it. Better believe Tyreek Hill gets it. How does Jimmy Garoppolo not find George Kittle ever? Four for 36? Come on. This guy should be eight for 92. Feed him the football. So, horrific play at the end of the first half, at the end of the first half, not calling timeout. B, not finding Kittle. I'm not done yet. He calls a brilliant play, Kyle Shanahan. A brilliant play. Emmanuel Sanders is open by like 400 yards. Now, I may be going out of order in the game, and I apologize. I do. I apologize. I can't always remember the exact order. But I remember plays. I remember what happened. Emmanuel Sanders was open by three yards, and he overthrows him. 
Right there. Game over. I said to my son, I said to Dr. Roto Jr., and Scott Atkins actually tweeted the same exact thing. Two minutes to go in the game. Jimmy Garoppolo's got the ball. This is where legends are made of. This is where you become a legend. Right? This is when you become the guy. And he choked. Choked. Now, let's move back. Let's move back a little bit. Well, I'm getting hot here. I believe it's like seven minutes to go. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It's seven minutes to go. First down, they run the ball. They get five yards. So it's second and five. Meanwhile, you're up 20 to 10. What do you think you should do? You've been running the football all year long. Now you decide to throw a pass on second and five? Then you throw another pass on third and five. You're off the field. Mahomes is back on. Score. What is your job? Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Mahomes didn't have a snap for 56 minutes. With all the halftime stuff. By the way, how cool was Shakira? Just throwing it out there. Okay. But seriously. You run the football the whole season long, and now you're throwing? Are you insane? After first and five, you run it two more times. Boom, you get a first down. You keep Mahomes off the field. You do. Now, the other thing, and I mean this with all due respect, the 49ers have a weakness on defense, and it's a secondary. Richard Sherman's a really good player, but he's slow as... He got abused at the end of that game. Couldn't stop those guys. And Mosley, come on, dude. Turn around. Turn around. That was, the, that was some bad pass defense. Bad. You got to at least turn for the football. That was a good call. That, that may have been the easiest pass interference call in the history of mankind. My blind grandmother could have called that one. I mean, ter- terrible. Terrible defense after playing really good defense all game long. Really good defense all game long. And at the end, Richard Sherman can't cover anybody. Mosley's like out to lunch. I mean, Sherman's a good player, but he's slow. You got to give this dude help. Come on. You can't put him one-on-one with guys who are blazing fast. That just makes no sense to me. So, you don't run the ball at the end when you need to. You don't play at the first half. And, and, and also, the clock management was just terrible. It seemed like they had no... They, they were going so slowly. That was what Andy Reid did such a good job on. He changed the pace. Andy Reid outcoached Kyle Shanahan easily yesterday. That was coach abuse. Shanahan did an awful, awful coaching job. That was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. If you don't agree, watch that game again. The play calling was eh. And he's a good play caller. Some of the play calls were good, not great. 
All right, this is Dr. Roto. I'm breaking down the Super Bowl. We'll talk more about it. Congratulations to the Chiefs. I'll be back right after this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top the Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball. 
But he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Dr. Rota with you. I got a lot to talk about today because we are talking about the Super Bowl. That's right, the Super Bowl. So listener number seven's chiming in. 49ers lost that game at the end of the first half. That's points to be had, and you can't get back. Use the timeouts. Absolutely. That's what I said. You're given three timeouts in each half. Why would you not use them? You don't get six in the second half if you don't use them. They go away, idiot. I mean, that was just, I I, I will go down, it will be etched in my brain as the worst coaching decision I think I've ever seen. Etched. And by the way, I do have respect for Kyle Shanahan. Just got out coached. I mean, great job by, and also Listener 7 says this, good job by Fox. Fox catches John Lynch in the box calling for the timeout. Brilliant. I mean, seriously, that timeout changes potentially everything. Potentially. Jimmy Garoppolo is the weakest part of that team. I am not convinced after watching what I watched yesterday that he is a Super Bowl winner. I'm not. Couldn't win the big game. Can he manage a game? Is he a bus driver? Maybe. Is he a winner? No. Ask yourself this question, and listener seven said it. Does Eli Manning make that throw to Sanders? I don't know, but he gives Sanders a chance. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't give this guy a chance. He would have had to run like Usain Bolt to catch it. Now, how about this one? ESPN had something where the 49ers had like a 96 or 97% chance to win that game. At the time, with like seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, up by 10. Do you know the only team that had a higher percentage? Was the Atlanta Falcons, who were like 99.7%. Now, ask yourself this. Who was the coach of both teams that lost? Kyle Shanahan. Does he choke at a big spot? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the dude should not be calling plays in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Maybe you just got to know you're a choker. Because, come on, dude. How do you not run the football? You've been running it all year, running it all game, and now you're going to throw? Seriously? How about more Debo Samuel? More Debo Samuel. More Debo and more Kittle. I I could talk about this all day. Now, let's give a little love to the Chiefs here for a second. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, was awful for three quarters. He was bad, as bad as he's ever been. I mean, really. Got to give some credit to that 49ers defense. Nick Bosa was in his face all game long. He was close. He missed him by a hair and a couple of runs. He was close. And I told you how good those linebackers are. Fred Warner, I mean, that interception was right. right. You, you would have thought that Fred Warner played for the Chiefs. That's how good a play it was. Tyreek Hill had no chance. 
But great players play great when the game is on the line. And nobody played better than Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams at the end. Now, somebody said that they're going to draft Damian Williams in the first round next year. I'm, I wouldn't touch that with a 30-foot pole. In fact, I will not be drafting Damian Williams next year. But I will draft him in a playoff football league because that dude comes to play when it counts. You didn't need LaShawn McCoy. Notice LaShawn McCoy was inactive. You didn't need Darwin Thompson, who looked lost out there, by the way. You have Damian Williams, and that guy comes to play. See, the great players shine when you have that moment. They do. Patrick Mahomes shined in the fourth quarter. That was as good a fourth quarter as you will see a quarterback play, and he was struggling all game long. But when you think back to this game, you will think back to how good Patrick Mahomes was. Mahomes won that game in the fourth quarter. He found Sammy Watkins. Third and 15, by the way. Third and 15. How does Tyreek Hill get so open, Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala? How does he get so open? What a big throw that was by Mahomes. I mean, there was nobody near Tyreek Hill. Look at the play. They were like three yards away. I know the dude's the fastest guy in the NFL. I get that. How do you not have four guys on him? Seriously. How do you not have four guys on him? He's the guy that can beat you. Unreal. Third and 15. How many times, how many teams make a stop at third and 15? But Patrick Mahomes throws the ball and he becomes a legend. Do you understand the difference between being a legend and being a loser? Legends throw the pass and complete it. Losers go home. If I'm the 49ers, I look at that play and I go, what the heck just happened? Seriously, what just happened? I mean, you've got to make that play. But Mahomes played amazing football. By the way, can I give some love? I want to give some love to Chris Jones. You won't see it in the box score. But that guy tipped at least three or four passes. He was a presence and a half yesterday. You're not going to see it in the box score. But I'm telling you, watch that game. Watch that game. He was a force. He was a force up there. When he's healthy with Frank Clark, that's a good defensive line. That's a really good defensive line. He played great when it was time. Tyreek Hill had a moment when he needed it. Travis Kelsey came to play at the end of that game. And I, I was angry at Kelsey when he made that catch and then he made that juke and then he got stopped before the uh, first down. But then he came back and made plays. Sammy Watkins from the 239, baby. His cousin Tammy was happy. That's my bank teller. Thrilled for him. Five for 98. He showed up. Sammy Watkins showed up when he needed to. 
I was also a little confused with San Francisco. Where's Emmanuel Sanders all game? I mean, stop with the juice, Jack. Stop with the Kendrick Bourne. Stop with Jeff Wilson. Throw the ball to Sanders. You bring him in for a reason. Kittle's the best tight end in the league. How would you ever know that? You use Debo properly. There you go. Great job. How good is Debo Samuel? Oh, my God, he's good. If I get Debo Samuels, my number two receiver next year, I'm going to be ecstatic. Ecstatic. That's how good he was. Sensational player. End arounds, catches, strong as a ox, running after the catch. I have no problem with that dude. I'm a big fan. Big. So, where do we go now? Well, the 49ers, they're not far. I think they need another guy in the secondary. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo's got to step up. Paid him a big contract. Looks good in a uniform. But he's got to throw the ball a lot better. I, he was not prepared in that game. Not to, not to make the big plays. And if I'm the Chiefs, I just do what I do because I'm the Chiefs. They're already talking about a Mahomes extension. Don't do it. Don't do it. Can't give Mahomes the extension just yet, guys. I know you want to, but all of a sudden, it changes that salary cap, and now you're cutting guys that you don't want to be cutting. So at least for another year, I'm not giving him a dollar more. I love you, Pat Mahomes, but I can't pay you 50 million bucks a year, which is probably what he's worth. Ask yourself that. If Dak Prescott is worth 40, is Mahomes not worth 50 or 60 or 70? I mean, Mahomes is five times better than Dak. So does he get 200 million? I mean, where, where do you stop paying this guy? I mean, now what I want to see Mahomes do, and I think he just might, I think he just might. Take a little less money, like Tom Brady, for the win. See, the great players are willing to do that. I'm not saying don't get market value. But if you're worth $50 million, you know, take 42 and use the other eight to get a wide receiver. I, I pray that Mahomes will do that. Problem is, his agent probably won't let that happen. Agents get in the way. Bloodsuckers. These guys should do their own contracts. Tom Brady just wants to win. Robert Kraft coming off from $30 million. He just wants to win. Is Mahomes going to do that? I don't know. I hope so, because this team could be a dynasty. We could be watching the Chiefs for the next couple of years. And by the way, my son's watching, and he goes, 49ers are boring. Chiefs are fun. It's a 13-year-old kid. Doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I come back, a couple things. One, more Super Bowl stuff, including commercials and halftime show. And secondly, I have some insider information about Tom Brady. I don't know whether and where it's going to go, but I have some insider information on Tom Brady. So I'll drop some knowledge, and then we'll see in a couple weeks if I'm right. But I think it's, an inter I think it's interesting, and I think it's possible. 
We will discuss when I return right after this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big poppy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
All right, Dr. Roto back with you here. Check me out at fulltimefantasy.com. Enter the promo code ROTO50 for 50% off your first two months. All right, let's talk more Super Bowl. Sean, do you remember any good Super Bowl commercials? From this past one? Yeah. I like the Sam Elliott one with Little Nas. I thought that was Yeah, really that cool. was good. Like that one. I like the Did you like the J Lo one with uh, DJ Khalid? Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. I like the one, one with um Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah, that, that was, was a good fantastic. one. Fantastic. Uh Mr. Peanut, nah, I don't even really know if I like that one. It, look, dude, you cannot compare Baby Peanut to Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the cutest <laughs> That's thing. That's what they're going <laughs> Love Baby Yoda. Um <laughs> What about the one with the Cheetos where you can't touch anything? Oh, that was fantastic. MC Hammer? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was laughing. Did I ever tell you I was at a Knicks game and I sat next to MC Hammer? No. <laughs> what, what year? No, I swear. Whenever he was popular, I'm literally oh, cool. right next to MC Hammer. Seriously, next, he's right, shoulder to shoulder. And, then, and all the, the guys were like in the second row. And all the players are coming over and like talking to him and stuff. Every one of them. And then the Knicks City dancers are out there dancing. I look at Hammer. I go, dude, you're better than that. <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, thanks. Good, good for you. Wow, so you got a, re- he had a lot reaction. Of, yeah, a lot of bling, though, dude. Oh, my God. I, I, I almost couldn't see the game. He had so much bling. And he wore all his money on his, uh, on his, on his fingers. All right, what are the, what are the uh, commercials you remember that you liked? Anything the Cheetos else? one, the one with Little Nas and Sam Elliott, Groundhog Day with uh, Bill Murray, um, J-Lo, that was fun. Those are the ones so, that stand out. Half Halftime show... What do you give J Lo's performance? J Lo's performance? Ooh, a C minus. And what do you give Shakira? Ooh, B plus. She was she was so much better. She was great. She was so. Mu- I, I give Shakira a big fat A, dude. Yeah, she was playing guitar. She was playing drums. Well, I mean, she, she, she was had dancing a guitar better than hands. the girl. I don't know if she was playing. I thought she it. was playing. Well, I don't know. I have to look that up. And but it was like she played. Dude, her dancing was better. She was better than the girl oh. and the girls who were dancing with her. Oh, she's fantastic. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I agree. Her music stinks. I mean, stinks. J-Lo just, like, goes why, in the air. They just lift her. Her music stinks. Can we agree on that? That's why I give it a, I don't give it an A. Yeah. Yeah, the, the music is like, you know. <laughs> it's really I, I like hip, hips don't lie. Yeah, I don't. That, I don't, that one's don't not bad. But Wyclef, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the rest of it. <laughs> no. And was that Daddy like Yankee pop-ish. who came out? I don't know who that guy is. Uh, I know his yeah. name now, but I've never heard of him. Is it Daddy Yankee? No, no, no. It's Bolvin, oh, Bolvinism, J. Bolvin. I had no idea. I don't know. I yeah, felt I didn't very, even know who uh, he was either. I, we had no no clue. Yeah, but no, she's got a good voice though. I don't know. I don't like her songs, but she has a good voice. Agreed. Uh, she was great. J Lo's just good to look at, dude. Well, I mean, J Lo's fifty also, so she's pretty good looking for fifty, dude. No, I, I'm saying her moves weren't great. Like she's old. No, her moves. She's like right. Madonna. But you know, they they lift her up a lot. <laughs> I know that was really weak though. She, when they were do- you can't follow Shakira like that. It, it was tough for her. You know, it's funny. I asked why. What my thought was, why didn't J Lo start first and then they bring Shakira yeah. out in the middle? Yeah, that's what I would have done. And Shakira was better when I was watching Shakira. I'm like J Lo, like, like Ooh, I think I want more Shakira. Me too. I'm like, oh, you got to follow that. I'm like, eee. Except when they did the double booty shot. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was the double booty. I'm a Shakira shot, so. Shakira uh, fan there. Yeah, I was very, very impressed with Shakira. I, I, she had, I have no problem with her doing another uh, Super Bowl. Me, oh, yeah. She's great. Yeah, okay. I thought she was great before, uh, but yeah, I have a greater appreciation for her now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, there's some good Super Bowl shows, and then there's some halftime shows. Oh, Bruno like Mars is the tops for me. I was just thinking yeah. that. He was great. Bruno was great. That Justin was Timberlake was... Super Bowl was, halftime was, was, eh. Not great. Yeah. No, nah, he wasn't Bruno great. Bruno Mars was great. Yeah. 
He just hasn't done a song since that Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't need yeah. to. He doesn't need to. Well, all right, do an album, and then he could do some more Super Bowls. I, I'd be cool with that guy. Me too. I thought he, did. he was great. Yeah. All right, so I have some insider information. I'm going to drop it here on national radio. I can't tell you where I got it from because then I'd have to kill you. And I love you guys too much for that. You know that. I'm a peaceful man. Except when you piss me off. I'm telling you, this information's not bad info from a, I would say the source, I will give the source a B to a B plus. Wasn't an A source when I heard it. I was like, oh, it was more like, oh, all right. Interesting. Interesting. The source says that Tom Brady could end up being a Tennessee Titan next year. And I thought that was very interesting. thought that was very, very interesting. And I'll tell you why. I think Mike Vrabel's there. Where did he coach? New England. A lot of New England people are there. Tom Brady wants to win. Brady's going to play two or three more years. But he wants to win. And I'm not sure he can win in New England. I'm telling you that. That New England offense is not good. Compare New England to Kansas City and ask me if they play 10 times, how many times New England is winning? Two. Defense is good. Mahomes is better. Can Stephon Gilmore play that way every year? Yeah, I don't know. After Julian Edelman, who, who, Nikhil Harry? Who? Mohamed Sanu? I mean, tell me the guy that I have. Rex Burkhead? I don't think they have the pieces. Tom wants to win. The Titans have A.J. Brown. The Titans have Derrick Henry. The Titans have a couple of pieces. And remember, Tom is going to sign for less money. He doesn't need the 30 mil. Tom will sign for 20. He just wants to win. So I thought the Titans, when I heard that from the source, I didn't hate it. Now, I feel badly for Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's for sure. Maybe he goes to New England. I don't know. I don't know where he ends up, but I know he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, if Brady does leave, you got to ask yourself, how long does Bill Belichick have? A year, maybe less. If Brady goes, I think Belichick puts everything in order and he's out next year. Out. He may be out this year. Let McDaniels run it, and spy. This is a kind of a little bit of a train wreck. See ya. Got a good defense. Hey, McDaniels, you fix the offense. Good luck with that. Bye. I'm not so sure that Tom Brady goes back to New England. Now, my original thought was, I think he could be a Charger. I thought him going to the Chargers made some sense. Why? He's from there. He's from California. 
if you're going to play somewhere, why don't you play close to home? Right? Go play in Inglewood, see the fam, hang out, see Giselle. That makes sense to me. The Chargers and Raiders have emerged as potential landing spots. Hey, the Chargers have Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. I love it. He goes to the Chargers. I'm cool with that. It's a great place for him to land. And I think all these reporters are off. Ian Rappaport reported earlier that New England's only pay $30 million a year. Oh, dude, it's not about the money. You think Tom Brady cares whether it's $30 million or $21.5 million? No chance, Sundance. He doesn't care. He's got enough money to live forever and ever and ever, and his great-great-great-grandchildren have money too. It's not about the money. It's about the legacy. It's about him beating Patrick Mahomes next year. It's about him beating Patrick Mahomes in the next two years because he's got two years to play. Where does he go? Where does he go to get there? Now, I don't think he goes to the Chargers. And I'll tell you why. What division are the Chargers in? The Chiefs division. I'm not so sure I want that. If I'm Tom Brady, why do I want that? And the Chargers play no defense. So why do I want to be with the Chargers? I know it's close to home. I get it. Nashville's a great town. Fun place to be. I think Tom Brady in Nashville, that Titan defense was pretty good. Jeffrey Simmons, good young player. Derrick Henry, best running back in the game. A.J. Brown, superior talent. It's not out of the question. You haven't heard it here. That doesn't mean it won't happen. I kind of like it. It makes sense to me. And Vrabel outcoached Belichick. How often do you see that? Vrabel pissed off Belichick. Do you remember that? With the punt and waiting and waiting and waiting and taking time off the clock? That was genius. Nobody does that to Belichick. Nobody. That's when you're like, damn, this guy's smart. Got to respect. Right? Got to give you props. Got to give you props to Mike Vrabel. I think Tennessee is a legit landing place. They could beat the Texans. They could beat the Jaguars. They could beat the Colts. I promise you that. I think it's a good landing spot. The only thing about New England that makes it better is that he's from there. People love him there. He knows it. And I'll say this. I think it comes down to one person. Absolutely one person. Does Gronk come back? If Gronk comes back, New England has a shot. If Gronk doesn't, adios, Tom Brady. Telling you. All right. Baseball trade coming up right after this.
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
John, I have a question for you. It's a very important question. It's on. I'm always. You know, I'm always on Twitter, right? Checking Twitter out. If Adam Levine takes his shirt off, why is that cool? But if Shakira and J Lo show some sex appeal, why is that bad? You see that? You there? Oh, okay. I was asking you a question. Did you hear the question? Oh, I'm asking. Come on, dude. Stay with me. Go ahead. So why, if Adam Levine takes off his shirt, yes, right in front of the whole crowd, yes. why is that acceptable? Well, that was awful. But people are getting pissed off about J Lo and uh, Shakira. Who who's that? Who's getting pissed off about J Lo? Twitter. Oh, God. Twitter. Can't base it on Twitter. Old people. Man walks around shirtless, flaunting his sexuality, and women go wild. Women cover their lady parts but highlight the curves, and they're shameful. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good point, yeah. That's what's all over Twitter. How bad was Maroon 5 last year? I forgot about that. Dude, I mean, he was, he was practically naked. <laughs> he, he, he tried. He tried. He, he was awful. Right? I mean, wasn't that a double standard? Do I want to see tattooed Adam Levine no. everywhere? Does that do it for you? No, but no. I, I don't think I am the target audience. For Adam, Adam Levine, Levine yeah. Hmm. I'll have to work on that. I am the target audience for Shakira, by the way. Just want you to know that. And if you need my number, Shakira, I'll give it to you after the show. Okay. There is a trade that's going to happen in baseball that is going to have ripple effects around the league. Huge ripple effects. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, and you got to trust Kenny Rosenthal... He is the man. He is, he is now Peter Gammons. Peter Gammons is not Peter Gammons anymore. Peter Gammons is a shell of his former self. Ken Rosenthal, when he says it, it's fact. Ken Rosenthal said on MLB Network that a Mookie Betts trade is going to happen Monday or Tuesday. Now, there was a report over the weekend from the Boston Globe that said this was going to happen, and Ken Rosenthal basically agreed with it. So, either the Dodgers or the Padres are going to get Mookie. And the Red Sox are going to be in large trouble. Now, I can see Alex Verdugo for sure, going to the Red Sox if it's a if it's a if it's a Dodger deal, I think Verdugo makes some sense. I don't know who else goes. It's not going to be Dustin May. It's not going to be Gavin Lux. Don't go crazy on me. Maybe it'll be another minor leaguer, or maybe it'll be like uh, this Tony Gonsolin. I think he makes some sense. He's pretty good. So I'm thinking Gonsolin. And Verdugo go to the Red Sox. And the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts and David Price. And David Price. Because David Price, they're dying to get rid of that contract. Then if you're a Red Sox fan, do you know what you do? You start crying. Because your best player is now a Dodger. If you're a Dodger fan, you say, welcome to the World Series. So long as the Astros don't cheat, we're winning. 
because Mookie Betts is fantastic. Run, hit, catch, you name it. Hit for power, hit for average, whatever you need, this guy can do. And if you're the Red Sox, if you're a Red Sox fan, how can you be happy? How? I mean, maybe you're happy that David Price is gone. I get that, but your starting pitching is terrible. I mean, outside of Chris Sale and David Price, do you know who the Red Sox next starters are? Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Eovaldi, and Martin Perez. Good luck winning the AL East with that. Good luck with that. Here. Let me introduce you to the New York Yankees. Good luck. Here. Oh, by the way, have I showed you that the Tampa Bay Rays are in your division? That'll be fine. Eduardo Rodriguez is good every third outing. One outing, he's like seven innings, two hits, 12 strikeouts. The next outing, he's three hits, eight runs, and two strikeouts. Good luck. Nathan Nidovaldi is the best 70 pitch pitcher I've ever seen. After 70 pitches, he's done. And Martin Perez, oh man, can that guy get lit up. Get lit up. What are the what are the what is the what are the Red Sox thinking? Are they just gonna have like five guys and run them out there like the Rays do? Here, Heath Henbury, you be my opener. And then I'll pitch Martin Perez for four innings, and then I'll figure it out. Is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, copycats only work with the right system, and the Rays have the right system. So that's potential trade number one. Potential trade number two is San Diego, who is dying to get rid of Will Myers. Please get Will Myers out of there. They're begging him to go to Boston. Please come to Boston. She said no. We don't want Will Myers there. And then they do have some young pieces, but... Joey Lucchese, I'm okay with that. He might actually be be good for the Red Sox rotation. I would take Myers and Lucchese. I would. I think I would take that. But the Padres don't want to eat David Price's contract, and they want want the Red Sox to eat Will Myers' crappy contract. They're not stupid. So I think he ends up going to the Dodgers. Because even though the Padres may have better pieces, and they do, the Padres are like, look, you want our pieces, you go take Will Myers' crappy contract. And the Red Sox are like, look, we're already dealing with David Price's crappy contract. I don't want two crappy contracts. You know what I'm saying? So I think he becomes a Dodger. And this, my friends, is why Major League Baseball, to me, loses its appeal. Just does. I used to love baseball. I did. I used to love baseball. And now I find that I like baseball. I don't I don't know if I love it anymore. I, I don't know. I'm being honest with you. I find that I like it and I don't love it. And I'll tell you why. I feel like there are seven to ten teams who have no chance whatsoever of winning. So let's see. Angels can win. Astros can cheat and win. A's can win. Blue Jays. Braves can win. Brewers can win. Cardinals can win. Cubs can win. Diamondbacks can win. Dodgers can win. Giants can't win. 
That's one. Indians can't win. That's two. Mariners can't win. That's three. Marlins, uh, they're working on it. They're working on it. Mets are okay. Nationals okay. Orioles, four, can't win. Padres are working on it. Phillies are working on it. Pirates can't win. Woo! Rangers can't win. That's six. Rays are okay. Red Sox, eh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Reds, Rockies out, seven. Royals can't win. That's eight. Tigers can't win. That's nine. Twins good. White Sox good. Yankees good. Nine teams can't win. Nine teams. Nine. Can't win. No chance, Sundance. None. I mean, isn't that a lot? Doesn't that bother you? That nine teams can't win? I find that that bothers me. Why does it bother me more than it bothers Rob Manfred? Nine teams, the Pirates will never win. The Rockies want to trade Nolan Arenado. The Baltimore Orioles are worse than the Yankees AAA team. Nine teams can't win. So now baseball becomes much smaller. Right? How many teams realistically are going to do well? Ask yourself that question. In the divisions. Right? How many teams in the divisions? Oh, my God. This is killing me here. I'm just trying to find one thing. Oh, it's the most frustrating thing in life. All right, there we go. All right, Yankees, Rays, two. Blue Jays trying hard. Twins, White Sox, two. Astros, Angels, two. Six teams. One of six teams in the AL, those teams are going to win. NL, Braves, Nationals, Mets, and Phillies, eh, maybe four. Cardinals, Reds, five, six. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, maybe eight. 14 teams. One of 14 teams are going to win. Shouldn't it be more? Seriously, shouldn't it be more? So, yes, I'm interested to see where Mookie Betts goes. But if he goes to the Dodgers, I won't be happy. I'd much rather him go to the Padres. I would. I would much rather see him go to the Padres. At least that gives another team a chance to win a World Series. And that's the beautiful thing about football. Rams this year, 49ers this year, next year, Chiefs, it can change. It's hard to be a dynasty. It really is. All right, time now to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. Okay? Back with you tomorrow with a lot more fantasy baseball. Got my man Gray Albright coming on. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate Sean in the booth. Appreciate you guys listening. This is Dr. Roto saying be well. Take care. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? 
Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to the Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.